You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Sarah Bofinger began swimming before she could walk. At age six, she joined the Frederick Area Swim Team in Frederick, Maryland. Sarah was born with hip dysplasia and had her first surgery at four months old. She's since had a total of seven hip surgeries. Recently, she represented Team USA at the Pan American Games in Chile in the sport of swimming. So let's chat with her. Sarah, I thought we would start by um, just telling me a little bit about you and how you got involved, um, or maybe more importantly, how sports played a role in your life early on. Yeah, so... um... I was born with hip dysplasia, so pretty much like I had my first surgery at four months old, and then basically I would have a few more, and then by the age of 15, I would have my seventh hip surgery. So pretty much early on, I swam before I walked. I really, you know, my parents were into getting rehabilitation while also, you know, having these surgeries at a very young age. Um, so I did a lot of things. I danced, I sang, I did theater, you know, I got to do all these things. But the one thing that really stuck with me was for swimming, because I literally felt like, you know, I was a mermaid. And so that evolution of getting to see other people, getting to see myself has kind of, you know, motivated me to continue to be in the water and inspire myself and others. And was swimming before walking intentional? I mean, was it part of um, the kind of uh, therapy or was it easier? I would say, I mean, so they would do these things. It's called like traction. And so, you know, it's kind of like pulling you. And I think, you know, just it was really intense for me. And so then they recommended water. And so instantly, like my mom just saw that I was like, you know, just, more happy. And like, you know, even at age six, like when I joined the swim team, I was like, Oh my gosh, I love this. You know? And it was just this, like this intimacy of me and the water and getting to learn about myself and connect with myself, like in this way at such a young age. And it's really like helped me over the years, like as I've matured and expanded and just kind of grew into myself with this disability, it's really, you know, helped me along the way as well. So. Yeah. That's the reason I asked that question is, as I was told that I swam before I walked, but it was because of where we lived. My father was stationed in the army. And so I spent like the first few uh, formative years in Hawaii and, and my mom would take me to Waikiki Beach. So, you know, like that's a tough way to grow up. Now, I only, my, <laughs> the only downside is I don't remember it because I was that, I was too young. But, you know, we were at the water and in the water almost every day. So I wondered if it was just, you know, be, be, you know almost like a, a prescribed as prescription um, or if it was just something that, that you enjoyed. I know that water is such an equalizer uh, and, and, and a force in terms of, of, of 
um, you know, in, in terms of like, you know, with disability. So, so I'm sure that water has had something to do with it and the power of water had something to do it for something to do with it for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just, it was easier than walking, you know, like even like, I've done so much work on my hips and strengthening and, and trying to, you know, just be a regular human that can like walk and, and doesn't have to have pain and things like that. And so the water has definitely supported me in making physical activity like a way that you can really push yourself without maybe injury or hurting yourself, you know. So instead of like running laps around or something like I can get in the water and push myself on a level that maybe I didn't believe that I could do yesterday, you know? And, um, how did you, uh, want to take it to the next level and join a, a swim team and, and want to compete? Yeah. So, you know, six years old was that moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to be on the swim team. And so then I was on the swim team from age six until about, you know, 17 or so. And or 18, you know, my birthday is in July. So, you know, you have that like, like mm -hmm. a little more, you know, when you're born in the summertime. So pretty much when I was doing, you know, the swim team, like I always had this dream that I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer. And so when I had my um, seventh hip surgery at age 15, um, you know, that surgery, they had like cut the bone and like pinned it in three places. And it was really, um, they put me on a morphine pump. It was really like, um, I would say dramatic for me because it really like, I felt like I had this dream and I wasn't going to get it based on where I was in that moment of just feeling, you know, oh man, like, what am I going to do with my life? Because literally I swam before I walked. I'm naturally a mermaid. It's like, this is what I meant to do. What do you mean? You know? So with that, um, you know, the water always calls us back. So even though there were moments where, you know, I was into addiction and college and trying to still figure myself out, out of the water, there was a moment that allowed me to come back to the water and then actually pursue, you know, being an elite swimmer, whatever that looks like and getting to be introduced to other places that have disabilities and, and learning more about myself in that way. And, um, and you know, I know that, uh, which, which swim club did you participate in by the way? Um, Frederick area swim team. So just as a, as a, uh, as a, a side note, I'm, I live in Frederick. So it was kind of cool to, to learn that you had, had, uh, had, had been a member of the Frederick's Frederick swim team, which is awesome. And, and so where did the introduction to adaptive sports and the Paralympic movement come into play? So I will say like in 2014, like I had this, like I had been overweight and I had been training myself and I just had this idea. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to train for the Olympics and I don't know where anything's going to come from. I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to do it. And so through that process, you know, I was learning how even swimming to 50 free, like how difficult that was to even get like so close to that time, you know, but I didn't give up. I was like, you know, I just want to enjoy the journey, you know, really just experience trying to do it. You know, if we don't like even take a step, like how do we know where we're going to go? 
So then in 2019, I met this coach, Coach Jose, um, and he was like, hey, you know, do you know about the Paralympics? And I was like, um, I feel like you need a certain, you know, I thought maybe I needed a missing limb. Like, I wasn't sure, like, the level of qualification that I could actually, you know, participate in. So I went through the steps. I got nationally classified. The first meet, I got on the national team, 2020-2021. Um, I made trials. You know, I just, like, took off. Like, the moment that I stepped in, it was like, okay, like, I'm I'm meant for this, you know? And then in 2021, I would get internationally classified and they would tell me that I would only be able to swim breaststroke. So pretty much all other strokes were out. And I was not a breaststroker. Like literally, like if I were to look back at my days at Frederick, um, you know, area swim team, I would not have imagined myself as a breaststroker. Like no way. It was painful. It was awful, you know, but they had told me like, this could be a possibility for you. So in that moment, instead of being like, oh, maybe I should, you know, quit, I now, you know, would pursue it. And I would go from getting disqualified to breaking three American records to now winning bronze at the Parapan American game. So I think it's like, it's so amazing when we just like don't give up, but then even when we're thrown challenges or obstacles, it's like, how can we look at a new perspective and say, okay, there's a reason that I'm getting to explore this, you know, whatever that is. That's really a, a great way to look at it. Cause I know um, a lot of people would have, you know, said, no, that's not for me. Fine. I'm at, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this up or whatever, but you just saw it as a, as a different challenge or a different opportunity, really. Yeah. And it, and I also looked at it as a way to like really heal the trauma from my hip dysplasia. You know, like a lot of times we have surgeries, we have traumatic events that happen and we consciously know about it, but we don't actually realize that the body holds on to a lot of this trauma, a lot of this thing. And so what I've been discovering with breaststroke is like, literally my body did not believe it could do it. It didn't want to do it. It was like, no way. And the more that I've just been like discovering, like, can my foot go this way? Can I actually do it? And the more that I'm realizing that I can, it's like now I'm getting faster and, and it's exciting to actually see like, where could this go for me? Like knowing that, you know, I'm just trying to do my best every time, you know? <laughs> and, and two fo immediate follow-up questions came to my mind. Uh, one, what was it about the breaststroke in your Frederick Swim Club days that, that you just didn't like it or didn't, you know, that it wasn't your best stroke, you know, if you will. So that, that's my first question. Uh, and then my second question is, without getting too detailed about the uh, uh, classification process, why is it uh, that your particular disability is only allowed to do one stroke. And I get, I know, again, opening a classification can of worms is always difficult, but uh, let's start with those two questions. Okay, perfect. So the first one, um, it was actually just really hard to maneuver my body in that way. Like when I was on the swim team as a kid, I was in a lot of pain. Um, I would take a lot of, you know, over-the-counter Advil stuff. I was always sitting out, like just the pain level that I was in, like my body wouldn't have been able to do it for long periods of time. I mean, I remember always like 
yeah, I'm not going to do breaststroke today. Like I would sit out, you know, it was really, really difficult. But through this journey, I've changed my diet. I've really addressed the pain. I've addressed, you know, like what is the mindset? What are these things that I am saying to myself that I'm whatever to actually help me, you know, have a healthier hip, whatever that is. And so now it's just gotten a little bit easier from those days where, you know, I was really in the pain. And now, even if I'm in pain, it's like, I can really like listen to it and observe it and like, try to maybe do a different exercise. Like maybe I'm not meant to go to the pool and I can do something that I can visualize myself doing it and, and getting faster in that way, instead of like pushing my body to, to really discomfort, to not allowing me to do what I love, you know? Mm -hmm. And then again, what about the classification thing in terms of, um, uh, that's the only stroke that, that you're technically eligible to compete in at the international level? Well, it's interesting, you know, because I know when I was a child and if I would have found this, you know, at age 15 when I had my surgery, it probably would have been different than it was now, you know, and a lot like for me, like the last time I had seen a doctor was like age 23 and I was like, I'm in a lot of pain. Like, what do I do? And they were like, oh, you're just going to be on medication the rest of your life. And I was like, eh, you know, no, 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 I don't want to do that. So I really started to take on this journey of like, like, oh, like not fixing myself, but really like addressing like the pain, like, where is this coming from? And can I manage it in a way that's gonna, you know, pursue me? So that being said, all of that work and all the stuff that I've been doing on my body, it's almost like when I'm on land, you would never know that, you know, I've had this hip dysplasia because of how like flexible and mobile and strong my legs are, you know? Mm -hmm. So that being said, like, but it, when I'm in the water, you can see that my legs do not work like, you know, someone, someone else might. But, you know, for them in their classification world, you know, like hip dysplasia is like, oh, breaststroke would automatically be the hardest thing for you. You know, not to mention that people in my classification have regular hips. So it's not just like I'm only against, you know, people with hip dysplasia. I'm against other different types of whatever the numbers, you know, kind of come together in a similar thing, like that's kind of how they discover it. So it's also, it's like, for me, I'm, I'm totally against myself, you know, because it's like, I don't know anyone that's had seven hip surgeries trying to swim breaststroke and actually succeeding at it, you know, now. So it's an exciting thing to just you know, embrace it, right? I'm, I'm certified. I never have to get classified again. All I get to do is just become better and better breaststroker, you know? So to me, it's like, whoo, you know, sometimes you have to do it every two years. And now it's like, I didn't want to fight it. You know, I'm like, whatever they feel, I can do a master's meet and swim. I am if I want, you know, it's like, there's so many options out there and we could just look at it with, a new, you know, set of eyes of like, okay, this is, you know, what I get to do now to help not only myself, but everyone else. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned um, being internationally classified in 2021. So from, you know, that point, basically two years ago, um, until 
uh, uh, Chile, what was your international competition experience uh, like? I mean, what was your journey like uh, in that competition um, in terms of competition? Yeah, I mean, it was really interesting, I'll say, because in the beginning of 2022, you know, I was getting disqualified. My legs weren't really coming out, you know, because ultimately, like, you know, it's really about your hips and how that and then it's like you notice like you have something going on with your hips, but then you might not be as mobile on one side based on the disability. So it's like I've been getting to learn about my body and the limitations and the different things that it has with that and leading up to that. So then mid 2022, you know, got my fastest time, which which actually qualified me for Chile. I didn't even know I had like, you know, even had that availability, you know, because again, it was just like, I'm just trying to survive, you know, the stroke, like, I don't, you know, know where it's gonna lead. And then the end of that year, I would win bronze with a four by 100 medley relay. And I was like, okay, you know, this breaststroke thing, like, isn't so bad. So it ended. And then I got like two American records at the end of the year. And I was just like, okay, like it was building momentum, you know, to say, you know, let's just continue. Let's see where we go. And then the beginning of this year, it was, or last year, because now we're already in a new year. I mean, wow, like Uh (laughs) it's great. It just goes by so quick. Um, But in 2023, I would then continue to, you know, maintain and change my stroke and all of those things. Got another American record, realized that I had actually qualified for Chile and then started really the visualization process of what would be like, I'm only going to swim one event. Like, you know, I I want to win a medal. What is that going to take, you know, and really just like allowing the process of just trying to do my best, you know, continue to improve as the months and moments, you know, continued on. And so what's the training like for you? What what do you focus on both in the pool and then outside of the pool? So I will say in the pool, I've been working with two of my favorite um, products. One is called Rip Current Sports and they're dual boards. So they're literally two boards and you're getting to allow yourself to be in the swimming position but also allow your body to be in the right position to then actually have a a pretty great kick. So I've been doing that. And then there are these fins called Laguna fins and you can actually swim breaststroke with them. And so for me, like trying to actually discover how am I going to scoop the water with my feet has been like the most like just fun thing to really see. Can I do it out or on land? So I like to do things where I work a lot of technique. I do a lot of different um, sprints and like resistance training in the water. Also doing like some USRPT. So I just try to really like switch it up and see like, okay, I only have this hundred breaststroke essentially. So what are the things that I'm going to do that's going to help me, you know, get faster and stronger um, in that way? And then off land, I do a lot of spin classes. My boyfriend is a spin teacher and a personal trainer. So he actually has been helping me, you know, create these different workouts and strength training routines so that I can actually 
like measure like how I'm getting stronger because with hip dysplasia, you want a strong core, you want strong quads and you want strong hamstrings so that you can support the muscles around the hip. And so those are the things that I've been focusing on because then in breaststroke, like that's like most of what you use, you know, is, is those things. So if they can become stronger, I know I will become stronger in the water. And then I also said I'm vegan. So I, you know, only eat plants and whole foods and, you know, just things that are from the ground. Um, but it's amazing just kind of seeing the evolution of that. It's been seven years for me that I've, you know, done this and I'm pain free and it just feels really good to align myself with what is good for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's so important and, and and so individualized, right? So for, for many people. So what's kind of next in terms of what's on the horizon and what are you looking at in terms of um, 2024? Yeah. So I would say, you know, I'm taking the lessons that I learned um, the past year and just seeing what else I can improve on. Um, the main um, event, I will say that I'm like going towards that I would like, I write like plans like four months at a time so I can give myself some building blocks and really like gradually increase it every week, every month, just trying to measure, you know, what I did and what I can continue. So I'll be going to World Series for the Para World Series um, for that. And then throughout the January through March period, I'll just be continuing to train, but also maybe doing some local master meets, just testing, you know, my training and seeing where I am. But I feel really good right now. So I'm just like kind of riding that momentum and allowing myself to to just trust the process, you know, whatever's meant for me will will be. So do you have a particular goal about the Paralympics? Well, I mean, currently, you know, I'm 16 seconds away from actually making a cut in a hundred breaststroke, which I don't think that is impossible because impossible is I'm possible, you know. But I'm like, for me, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, like just being excited to like cut time and even know that like I could cut that amount of time and I could cut even more, you know, with that. And so I'm allowing myself to be excited, you know, for that process of like, okay, what is it going to take for me? What am I going to get to let go of? What am I going to step into that's going to get me closer to, you know, cutting that time and, and all of that. So you know, because sometimes when we're like really far away from something or we really want something like we might like put it on a pedal stool and be like, I have to, you know, do this thing. But for me, I, I witnessed myself at a games, I meddled at a games and I'm just kind of excited for that. And I love helping my team and, and all of those things. So it's just exciting to just, you know, really enjoy the journey and know that, you know, if I meant to go there, I'll be swimming 100 breaststroke, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And outside of the pool, what are some of the things that you're, uh, you know, working on and, and goals that you have? Yeah, so I have a podcast. And so pretty much my podcast started when I became a breaststroker, because I really feel like, you know, our thoughts, our intentions and our actions are creating our personal reality. And so what that means is that like, in every moment, we have an opportunity to go towards, you know, more of what it is that we want. And so 
if we can just take a moment and, and realize that, you know, it can be even better. So my podcast, I have weekly episodes where I'm recording things from the past. Like, what was I thinking before I went to Chile? What was I thinking after? And just like helping others like realize that, you know, we can have what we want, but a lot of times we kind of get in our own way. And so that's one of like my big passions is my podcast. I do speaking events. I help people with their health coaching, like just everything that I've already been doing for myself. Now I'm getting to share it and, and just support more and more people as we continue, you know, through, through this life and, and beyond. So. That's awesome. Anything else that, um, you know, we've not talked about that you just want to mention? Hmm. I would just say, you know, today is a brand new moment and what you're thinking right now, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing doesn't have to be tomorrow. And the more that we can take a moment to pause and reflect and just realize how far we've come to even get to this moment, um, we can feel gratitude and, you know, just continue to, to be great, you know, whatever that looks like. So, yeah. That's, that's great advice for, for everyone. And, and, and Sarah, I know that uh, if people are interested in like learning about some of the work that you do, I know you have a website and, and maybe on some social media platforms as well. So feel free to share any of those right now for those that are listening. Yeah. So you can find me Mer Goddess. If you just Google Mer Goddess, my website comes up all the things Mer Goddess. I kind of do some vlogging, just sharing my experiences on YouTube. I try to just be um, a positive influence of, mm -hmm. you know, and sharing vulnerably like, Hey, there's pain today. There's sadness today. But when I can actually just allow myself to experience that, you know, it, something else can occur like a, a bronze medal or whatever you want, you know? So it's, it's pretty cool. And then my podcast Mer drops, um, you can find on pretty much all platforms, Spotify, iTunes. Um, and again, it's just more of this message of being able to see that we can, you know, do and be what we want. And the more that we believe it in ourselves, um, it can be more, you know, we can see it. 